welcome one to another episode of Superhost Unveiled. This episode is so awesome. Maybe because I love the idea of tiny houses and creating a little village for people to come and visit with us. Uh, Julia and I just have been talking about that and kind of daydreaming about that for years. Well, we get the privilege today to talk to Chantel from Tiny Stays in Ontario, Canada, and she talks about everything from finding land, talking to people with land, uh, all the permitting that went into place, renovating a camper with her dad, uh, tragically losing her leg uh, in, a, in a motorcycle accident, but then moving from that to becoming an Olympian in the Paralympics in Rio. So just a, I mean, this is an action-packed show, so I'm excited for y'all to listen. So let's get right to it. Welcome to the Superhost Unveiled podcast, where a small family created a thriving vacation rental business in the heart of the White Mountains. Founded by husband and wife duo Peter and Julia Plord, with the help of their business-savvy daughter Hannah, Peter was able to leave his full-time job and move him and his wife to their dream location. Together, we'll discuss the secrets of building a successful vacation rental business and beyond. Pack your bags, let's check in for the journey of your life. Here are your super hosts, Hannah and Peter Plord. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Superhost Unveiled. We are so excited today, Stephanie and I, to be hosting on our episode Chantel from Tiny Stays. Um, Chantel, welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you giving us your time and our listeners' time. And uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background? So hi. Hi, um, I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. Um, I uh, will say a little bit of background about myself. So uh, right now I specialize into uh, tiny uh, stays, like the name of my business. Um, we, uh, we have a tiny home and a camper uh, that we rent out um, that is, uh, has been completely renovated and is very beautiful. <laughs> And we are in the Prince Edward County in Ontario, uh, Canada. Um, so a little bit of background is uh, I used to, um, well, we'll start from the start. <laughs> I uh, lost my leg to a motorcycle accident, which kind of through, uh, we'll say crowbar into the, uh, the plan, you know, the career plan. And uh, it got me into the Paralympics. So um, I am a retired Paralympian. I have done the, uh, the Rio uh, Paralympic um, in 2016. And I retired from there. Um, and I had no plans afterwards, but to go to school. So once I've decided to, uh, uh, you know, to enroll into school, I had to look into housing. Um, and the housing situation where I was going to school was, of course, you know, a little bit of a crisis area and there wasn't much. So I decided, you know what, I'll just purchase a house. Um, and then my um, fiance at the time, my husband now, uh, and I, you know, have a place to go to and go from there. Well, lucky me, I uh, ended up purchasing a place that had a basement and uh, had potential um, to be renovated into, you know, having a second unit. Um, so I can have, you know, some income coming in at the same time as I was going to school. 
well, that summer when I bought the house, I, um, I ended up living in the basement while I was renovating it and Airbnb the, uh, the upstairs. And um, initially I was going to rent it long-term and I ended up uh, bumping into this lady at the Home Depot and saying, you know what, your best bet would be Airbnb during the summertime and uh, having students during the winter. And, uh, and yeah, you would maximize your, um, you know, your uh, income at that point. And I thought about it and I said, you know what, might as well try it. Uh, I'll try it out for the month. This was in August. I'll try it out for the month. And then in September, I'll get, you know, students and that's great. Let's go from there. And if that doesn't work, you know what, we'll do long-term afterwards. So I tried it out. I fell in love with Airbnb. Um, I think we all kind of felt that way. <laughs> Um, and then fell in love with it. And uh, I stuck to the plan, got students in September, and renovated the basement downstairs. Well, I started school in September. And needless to say, I only, only stayed in school for three weeks, I could not stay put. I was itching to do renovations, I was itching to, um, you know, get the Airbnb going and uh and expand a little bit more so quit school and um and then really got the renovations going at that point and um, as my husband was deployed in Iraq at that point uh so it gave me something to do keep me occupied um sorry he's in the military and yeah so he um so I I started doing the renovations downstairs got the unit um up and going and uh by december i had both places going um as student rentals which my plan was to the following year have it um uh, on airbnb for four months during the summertime so that was kind of the true test at that point so the following year all worked well and i had the two units um going and um, uh, yeah, from there on, I uh, was itching to expand a little bit more. And um, I decided as my husband was away again to, uh, you know, do this crazy purchase. And um, I purchased a tiny home now, not knowing anything. Uh, this was a crazy move of me. Uh, I think everybody was against the idea and it was a crazy idea <laughs> but I still purchased it and um and this took about a year and a half to uh get it going and do uh renovations uh, kind of a part-time basis um and still stuck to the plan with my other house that I had to uh to rent it out on Airbnb during the four months and do the student rentals during the winter, which would allow me to do all renovations, you know, get another unit going, which was the tiny house at that point. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, I got the tiny home going. And as, as a military family, we had to move again from where we were and we got a posting to this beautiful area uh, called Prince Harry County. And it is, uh, it is such a, 
a great place, a very touristy area, very desirable. And um, we, I ended up finding a place to uh, park the uh, tiny home at and operated it from. And uh, yeah, so from there on, uh, I was itching again. <laughs> so I got the tiny home going and, um, and it, it was on Airbnb along with the two units out in uh, Kingston at the house that I had out there. Um, and then I was itching again. So I looked around I, and I had uh, this great camper that um, I've had for the past 10 years. And I decided to, uh, you know, to do the renovations to it. And uh, so it ended up being a pandemic um, project with my father while my, my husband was gone again. And uh, yeah, my father and I just ended up uh, renovating it and it turned out really great. Um, yeah, wow. if listeners want to go and take a look at it on my account, uh, they'll get a little bit of a, an idea as to what it looks like now. And uh, yeah, so we have, I have four units. Um, I had four units going this summer and I ended up selling the house and more specializing into the tiny um, kind of living um, or, or tiny Airbnbs. Um, and then I'll get other units going. So that's, that's kind of the plan. All right. Well, I have a million questions and I, okay. if, <laughs> if I know Stephanie, she has another million. So, um, the agenda probably just gets thrown out the window. So let's, yeah. what's, what's, it, what's, what's really funny. And I, you know, I, I just randomly was, I don't know if you know, um, the YouTuber Rob built, have you ever heard of him? Oh, no, I don't. Well, he specializes in tiny houses and um, and in Airbnb, and he combines the two. And I just started randomly on a thread at like five o'clock this morning. Um, <laughs> and my wife and I have talked about tiny homes for years. Like we've thought about buying land and how do we do it? And what do we do? And what do we put? Do we do a yurt? Do we do a camper? Do we do a tiny? So, so this is really exciting to, to talk to you today about this stuff, but let's, let's go first back to the beginning again. So what, um, what, what did you compete? First of all, tragic accident, you know, that you that you were faced with obviously probably months or not years of rehab. Um, but just your <laughs> unbelievable, like passion and resilience to then say, well, I'm going to become an athlete. I don't, were you an athlete prior to the accident? And so, yes, I, I apologize from the start to kind of throw that into the story. No, it's good. It's I like think. quite graphic at first. And I apologize to the listeners, but yes. Um, I mean, these are things that, you know, happen and they're not planned. Right. Um, so I was not an athlete from the start. I was a very active person and um, I, which, is what drew me to uh, the Paralympics and uh, get into the Paralympic movement uh, from the start. But no, my I um, went into the Paralympics um, with uh, the sitting volleyball team and uh, volleyball wasn't uh, something <laughs> I did not know how to play volleyball, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> so it was a learning, a quick learning curve. And I picked up to, 
you know, I picked it up pretty quickly. And, um, and then once I picked it up, then, you know, started competing and I competed around the world, which was the most amazing experience I could ever get. I gotten, um, so yeah, no, I, I didn't have any background into this. Um, it, it brought me the most amazing experiences and met, I, I mean, unbelievable people. Uh, I, you say challenges are, are um, you think people with physical disability, you'd see, you know, them struggling and everything else, but no, they overcome, I mean, anything and everything by modifying, which is something that I've learned from that and, and brought this into, we'll say, the tiny world and um, which we all know. And you know that looking into it, the struggles and the, um, the difficulties um, coming, the, the challenges, right, coming with um, tiny homes um, are. So it brought me, um, you know, it helped me through the renovations. It helped me through, you know, finding a place to park it, which is difficult from the start. Um, and I think with my experiences with the Paralympic and, and those experiences teaching me to, you know, persist uh, through challenges, um, you know, I got this up and going, which is, uh, which is great. <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of times we can, you know, with our social media world, everyone thinks it's so easy, you know, oh, I can just do this. I can just fall for a tiny house in my backyard. And, you know, that, that will be, you know, and, and a, two minutes later, I'll be on Instagram with a million followers. And, you know, that's how exactly. everyone else is doing it, you know, but but you bring up a really good point, you know, like it's, it takes hard work. It takes resilience. It takes passion. It takes all of the above. And, and the way that you just spoke about it, that what you learned through the being, being an Olympian and um, coming through an accident like that has taught you so much that, that you carried over to this business. And I think that's cool to look, to hear. Steph, anything to, to add? I think, I think I, that's incredible. And you touched on such a great point. You have to have resiliency in this industry. It's, it's, you know, exciting. And you think, you know, going into it, um, I know I did anyway, a little bit with rose colored glasses that this is, you know, going to be perfect and everyone's going to love me. And <laughs> every guest is just going to be wowed. And when you, you know, have some difficult guests, it can really beat you down. And if you don't have resiliency in this industry, you will not last very long. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I definitely second that. That's for sure. And I think touching point on the, uh, the social media aspect is we all fall in love with the aesthetics of, uh, you know, of the places. Uh, but my goodness, the work that comes into making this final product is unbelievable and the challenges there's always going to be challenges right yeah. um, 100%. um we yeah and we don't know we have so we have a lot of guests that come and stay at our places that are interested in um you know in building their own so I get to share a little bit of my struggles and 
I, I don't want to be, you know, the negative, but I, I do want to say that, um, um, you know, to, I passed the message along to my guests that your first step should always be your location, um, which is, you know, I think most people that are looking into tiny, um, we'll say tiny um, Airbnbs or so, it is always a struggle. It's not the struggle to purchase the place or the layout or how how you're going to do, you're going to make everything function. Um, well, it's honestly, it's your location. Your location is going to be the difficult part as to where are you going to park it and how legally are you going to be able to operate it. Um, that's, that's the hardest part, I find. And that's where the challenges, um, you know, that was the hardest challenging aspect to uh to building a tiny home and operating it as well yeah the yeah, tiny home cool. phenomenon is a little still a little new um yes i know in our area i'm you know i we have one town that doesn't have zoning where that could happen but i've had a few buyers want to pursue the tiny home venture and i've tried to get information from our town on what's allowed and what's not and they, i just kind of get a blank stare <laughs> <laughs> the it's funny and I think I so I just talked about it yesterday um to someone and they were saying okay how did you do it and I was like all right and they're like well within our municipality and they're on the Quebec side the person I was speaking to and in our you know our area or on the, uh, in our province we can't have tiny homes anywhere you know we've done our our research and everything and it's just impossible how did you do it and I was like well it's the same here <laughs> yeah. and I was like it's just really hard to go around there is there is way to go around it and do it legally um, but um, within just Ontario we have only two municipalities that and they are small municipalities um, that allows tiny living with restrictions uh, now I'm not sure if that's keeping the wheels on and having uh, you know a foundation or or not uh, but you know it's it's allowed so that's great and that means there it will come eventually so we are not just there yet um, right. so <laughs> Um, and that's the great part about it is I don't think how, you know, municipalities don't know how to, to manage it yet and how to, to go around it. Um, but thankfully, you know, it's coming. And your location is waterfront? Um, so we are in a campground setting and the campground mm -hmm. is waterfront. So it's located on the Bay of Quinty. It's okay. a beautiful fishing area and uh, definitely, um, so the Bay of Quinty um, ends up uh, flowing into the St. Lawrence River. Um, yeah, so which is a, you know, Lake Ontario uh, kind of area. And then if you go down, St. Lawrence River is the Thousand Islands, uh, very renowned, you know, very touristy kind of area. And that's just about an hour away, an hour and 15 away from us um, as well. Have you heard? Never heard I've, of it. But it's a really, challenge. It really sounds awesome. <laughs> really? The Thousand Islands are beautiful. It's a beautiful area to visit. Oh, it's a, the, my... the Finger Lakes. Do you know who that yeah, is? I definitely heard of that. Yes. 
Okay, so just above that, we'll say. Well, I will be booking your property at some point, I feel. Yeah, okay, you're more than welcome. (laughs) And then we can have a coffee, that'd be awesome. That'd be so great. Um, (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And I know you're gonna go south in the winter, so I know you shut your places down in the winter. So so let's- I do. Steph, do you have another question? Because I have one. I I have one, yeah. Um, So I- I current, we currently do not own any of our own properties. It's something we're pursuing in the next year. And I'm just reading about different types of funding and, and how did you go about purchasing the tiny home? Was it through a bank? Did you, um, I don't mean to get too personal on this, but I'm just curious how, um, how, how you went about, you know, either securing financing or did you just go ahead and, and, you know, That's a great question. (laughs) Um, So that is a a problem um, if you're purchasing a tiny home, but I purchased mine um, as a shell. So I essentially did everything except the walls that were and the loft that was done. Um, everything else was redone. So it was really, honestly, this was what I purchased four years ago uh, or three years ago. And, um, and the shell, I, I paid, I didn't pay very much. So I will say it was quite affordable from the start. Um, and then as you go and as many business owners, you know, you chip in a little bit more money and a little bit more money into it. Right. So it wasn't a lump sum from the start. So I didn't have to go with, with a bank and I did it over time. So it took me a year and a half. It yeah. was just gradual uh, for me. So whatever income I'd get from the other two, I would put back into the tiny home. And that's what made it affordable for me to, to do. Right. Um, and I did everything myself except all the plumbing and electrical. Well, myself, you know, my husband pitched in quite a lot too. (laughs) (laughs) So So. that's, you know, that's a great, for someone who's looking at investing uh, and, you know, doesn't have a ton of cash flow or massive down payment or anything like that. That sounds like a great way to break into the hospitality industry if that's their desire. Yes, yeah. I find that's the most affordable way to do it as opposed to, I mean, there's many ways uh, to do it. So do you, I have the time on, on my hands kind of thing and I have an income coming in. So that's great. Then I can do that. But if for, let's say some of the listeners that doesn't have the time, there's so many ways to do it. Right. So if you're going to do rental arbitrage from the start and just pitch in the, the furniture, are you going to go and purchase and, uh, you know, renovate. Um, it takes a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, you have your final, your, your end product. And, um, it could be a little bit more of a, um, prestige, uh, or a little bit more of a luxury, uh, stay. And then you charge a little bit more and you make up for, you know, the lost, uh, income within you know those figures that you're building so yeah there's many ways of doing it um and that was my way that I found that was more affordable and fit within my budget at the time that I would do that so now now I mean this is four years of me doing renovations um every single year 
I'm I'm capped out on that now. <laughs> I and bet. I, I want to take the year off. <laughs> and um, I don't know about you guys, right? You're both doing renovations to your homes and we own four homes and we've all renovated it. And I am, I'm done with it this year. So <laughs> I'm not doing anything this year. No project. Yeah, it can be tiring <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah. I, I, I want to go down south. I want to come your way. <laughs> <laughs> I want to break. I'm on a vacation too. But, uh, but yeah, luckily this year I said, no, I'm not doing any project. And it's a great time to, um, at this point to, uh, you know, look at what I've got right now and, um, revamp and, um, you know, work on the trouble. And I'm sure you do this, um, at your places as well too, but this is the time to look at what's, what do I need to change? What can I make right. better? Right. So, so to just kind of better my places, um, this year is, is what I'm going to be looking at doing. That's great. I have, um, I have a couple of questions. First of all, I don't want to skim over the fact that you go to a Home Depot. What I'm guessing <laughs> this person is a stranger. Oh you know? my goodness. Yes. Did you know this person or? <laughs> this was by pure fluke. I mean, she, she changed my life in some ways by a simple two minute conversation. <laughs> This woman, um, oh my goodness, I'm grateful for the, for the two minute conversation I've had with her that has completely drastically changed my business in, uh, you know, in some ways and has brought me to this. Um, it was simply, I think I was getting keys done and, you know, she, no, I was getting a locked. Uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. She, uh, she she's like oh I just overheard your conversation with the uh the rep that I I was talking to and um and she's like can you do you mind if I just you know give you a little bit of a tip I heard that you're just getting into this and uh yeah this is how I do it and this is how I maximize my income uh but but she's like you know then you're if you do it this way and if you get students and if you if you look for students that come overseas, uh, uh, from overseas as well too, then, you know, you're, you're lessening the chance of parties and, you know, you're lessening your chance of, of ruining your place. And these were all great tips within two, a two minute time frame that, um, that honestly I appreciated because I've kind of went with that business motto at that point. Um, you know, I went with, with students during the school year that were from overseas and, and, and they were wonderful. And, uh, during the summertime, I, I would then turn this into, yeah, an Airbnb and maximize my income. But the reason why I have also, um, decided to sell is that we're licensing in Kingston, which would then not allow me to um, Airbnb for the four month during the summertime. I would have to, I think it's six months that you have to Airbnb. If it's not eight months, I'm not sure. Um, but that threw the business motto out of the window. Gotcha. <laughs> so that and many other reasons, but <laughs> that didn't work out. And I really enjoyed the uh specializing into um 
into tiny houses and RVs. And I, I have a true passion for that. Um, and I decided to just kind of uh, sell at that point. So sold that house. Yeah. And moving on at that point and yeah. getting I definitely want to talk about your tiny, tiny house. <clears throat> um, I have a specific question about that, but I just want to say okay. to anyone listening, you know, what a takeaway it is to have open, an open heart and open mind and the, and the, you know, just be conscious enough to listen to a stranger, you know, like a lot of us, I tell you what, I don't like talking to people sometimes at home depot or you know i got i i'm on a i'm a i'm a typical male you know i'm, I'm on a mission my head's down do i need help no i don't well maybe what aisle is this in you know and that's it and uh you had the 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 whereabouts to just be like all right i'm gonna take this in you know what this makes sense you are open to it right and then you're right it's changed your life so <laughs> I think that's a really big takeaway for, for our, anyone listening that just be always looking to learn every day from anyone, you know, and, and, and look what can happen for you. So great stuff. All right. So tiny house, you're on a camp, you're in a campground. So you do you not own the land or do you? No. So I do uh, rental arbitrage within just the land. Um, I own the tiny home and I own the, the, the other camper as well too. Um, but no, so I, I, I decided to within all the hurdles that I had to jump through for the tiny home to park it somewhere. Lucky enough, um, we live on a native uh, reserve and I, went and looked for property on a on on the reserve that we live on, which is just adjacent to Prince Edward County, all the you know beautiful vineyards um, um, area that um, um, is in the county. But um, so we I ended up going to um, to landowners and uh, and just simply asking them see if um, they would be willing to uh, to rent out the space uh, for me to park my uh, my tiny home at so now legally um, in Canada um, in order for me to operate the the tiny home I had to be either in Ontario in one of those two municipalities that allowed the um, the the tiny homes to uh, to park it uh, to. So that was one of my options, or I could park it into a campground setting. Now Prince Edward County itself has licensed. Um, and due to that, some of the, um, like the loft into the tiny home wouldn't pass um, certain of their criterias uh, that they have for licensing. Um, so that was a big no, I couldn't be in this area. So then <laughs> I moved on to um, the Native Reserve and see um, if they would, you know, allow to rent me a spot um, and I can operate it from there. And luckily, I bumped into these great people. They're phenomenal um, landowners uh, that has been working 10 years on developing their land into making it their retirement plan. Um, and, and this is just a very small operated uh, private um, campground. Um, and uh, yeah, I end up 
renting a spot from there. And uh, it, there was nothing on it. Uh, it was muddy kind of thing. And we, uh, we kind of worked the land out. And now I have, you know, it's fenced in. Uh, we've got grass, uh, we've got water coming in and we have, you know, sewer installed and everything else for the tiny home to operate from there. It was definitely, it took, you know, quite a while, a couple of months to get it going and, and, and get the setup um, going so that we can rent it out, but working with the landowner and for them to allow me to leave the tiny home on there was, I mean, that was a game changer for me, right? Um, so I'm really, really, really fortunate that, uh, I, that yeah, I was lucky enough to rent it from there. And yeah. That's amazing. That mm -hmm. Steph now, Steph, your wheels turning? Because now you don't even need land. Yes. <laughs> and that's what you do, Stephanie, right? You what? do rental arbitrage. You don't own your homes. I manage homes for other oh, owners. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's okay. A, that's so. All right. So you bought the shell of a tiny house um, before you had a place to put it, or you found the place to put it. <laughs> no, before. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know at the yep. beginning when you were talking, yeah. you're like, "This is my number one thing I tell people, and that's to find the." place to put it first so you learn yeah. by your my, your own mistake exactly <laughs> all right so then you also have a camper which you and your dad um rehabbed is it right next door or is it in the same place or yeah so uh, so i rent out the second lot right beside it and um and again we do the same i did the same thing um just parked it out made the setup you know, have a deck on it. I have, you know, bar barbecue setting lights, um, fire pit, the chairs and everything else. And, and, um, that's the, the lot. And I just rent out that spot kind of thing. And, um, and yeah, so I, I've, I've got the two, um, lots, uh, rented out on the same campground, um, setting. And I just essentially just do a kickback to the uh the landowners and uh it just you know give them a um a kickback from it and i'm allowed to 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 leave it there and rent it out and uh you know i have water provided and i have sewer sewers there and i have everything i need to operate the tiny home and the camper from that's awesome yeah, that's great. So it was definitely a learning curve. And I think this is why I, that's kind of the biggest message I, uh, I give to my guests that are looking to, to start, you know, this whole process and purchase a tiny home because people are really, really focused on, on the setup and how they want it, you know, set up and how it's going to function and everything else. And I tell them, no, from the start, you need to get a property you know, make sure that where you're going to set it up on that you're not going to be kicked out of there because <laughs> to set up, to do your setup, it is extremely costly to get everything set up. It's like building a house and then getting all the, you know, your property um, set up. And then imagine you, the municipality coming to you and saying, listen, you can't do this. 
you need to move your tiny home or you need to sell it. And that's, that would be devastating, I think. Oh, hundred percent. So, um, so yeah, let's, you, you said water and you said, you said septic a couple of times. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, we live in a place where most houses have wells and most houses have <laughs> a septic system, you know, like, um, like a private septic system. Is that what you, you guys have there? So, I mean, this was, you know, the challenge on how were we going to be able to operate the, the tiny house? Uh, how is it going to function properly just like a house without limiting our, our guests? I didn't want to limit. I wanted to get the full experience. I wanted them to, to get that full experience out of the tiny home without, you know, bringing in water and them not being able to shower. And so lucky us, we have water. Um, um, I'm, I'm going to skip what I was going to say, but we do have water available for us. Um, at the, the campground, we are limited on water, but just because we have uh, water that um, gets provided to us and then we have it in, um, in big water jugs um, and it gets dispersed to the campers at that point. So that's great. So we have water, but the, the septic tanks um, are essentially just holding tanks um, and they get pumped out once they're full. So these on, so management wise, I have to overlook a lot more than what a normal house would have to be looked at. I, you don't have to look at your septic tank. Or you don't have to look at the, the level of water, um, you know, that people use. Um, you just, you don't think about that um, because it's provided to you in a household, right? So that's where the challenges come with uh, being in a campground setting um, as well too, is, is you're limited, you're limited power, you're limited everything. But in, you know, knowing this, when I uh, started uh, this whole process, um, I just, I knew it was gonna be limited for power and I knew it was gonna be limited in, in certain things, then you just, you end up working around that. So let's say our coffee machine, we don't have a coffee machine, we have a French press. Um, we, provide it, we provide everything that is kind of limiting electricity. And we do tell our guests, you know, just please be mindful, but um, they can still use, you know, if they have a, a dryer, a hair dryer or a, a hair, or, you know, a hair straightener or, or something else, we just ask them not to um, operate, um, what operates out of the electricity? I'm thinking inside home. Well, we have a microwave. Well, let's say don't operate the microwave at the same time. Gotcha. So we just let them know not to operate too much like you normally would in a household. So that's the only tricky part is that you're limited in some ways, but I mean, you're still operating uh, we just ask them to be a little bit more mindful, but they still have everything um, similar to a household would. And that I'm pretty happy about because yeah, I want them to get the full experience. Yeah. That's interesting because um, I think, and Peter and I have discussed this 
that it's a struggle to get guests to actually read your communication. Or, you know, I have some places where in the winter we have to, you have to have a four wheel drive vehicle or you're not going to get up those roads if there's a storm and lo and behold, someone will show up in their Mercedes <laughs> and not be able to do it no matter how many avenues of communicating. So when you have a property like what you have, communicating this to guests so that when they get there, they don't get upset. You know, I have one house with a kind of a small water heater and guests will run out of water if they all shower at once. And I do disclose that, but I do have the occasional guests that'll get very upset about that. Um, so your communication with your guests, I'm interested how you handle that and make sure that they understand when they go there, you know, these, these little caveats about your property, because I wouldn't think of that if I were traveling to a tiny home because I've never been so it wouldn't um, be something on my radar I would just think everything was was usable so I'm interested in your guest communication and how you make sure that they're very aware of the okay so that's that's a great point people are probably going to be opposed to my way of doing it but my way of communicating with them is <laughs> Hear me out. I have this little printer that prints out, you know, the little stickers that you can write stuff on. So I don't overload them with that. But we'll take, for example, our toilet. Our toilet is an RV toilet where it's a push pedal uh, because it saves on water. So yeah. we do that. But if people use too much toilet paper, they will clog it and I have to come to the rescue. So then I have made a rule to, you know, in order not to plug the toilet, let's not put toilet paper into the toilet. We just, I have a, a bin on the side. And so then I just put a little bit, uh, I put a little sticker to remind them, even though it's in the booklet that I have, and I'll explain the booklet as well too. Um, I have this little note right beside the sink, which is right in front of them that says, please do not you do not throw the, uh, the toilet paper in the, uh, in the toilet. So, um, I, I have very, I only use this little printer for very important things because the worst, you know, I've traveled a lot and I've been in Airbnbs is, is the, the, the overload of house rules. And that's really, you know, it's really an, not annoying, but it's, uh, it's really unfortunate that you get to a place and you can't even breathe. Right. So right. I, I just use it as a, you know, and I, I caution them, it will clog the toilet. Um, so, so people use the band now and that has completely eliminated the, the toilet clogs and has now, um, given us more time to, we, uh, we end up, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we don't, um, um need to pump it as often. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. So, yeah. <laughs> So it allows us more space into the, the septic tank. So, um, so that's been, that's kind of been one of the ways that I found to do it. Um, I also have, uh, I purchased this template um, for a booklet um, and I leave the booklet um, in the tiny home. And I think we all have that, but the booklet itself is, 
Um, it's very small. It's very attractive, I find. And some of the Airbnbs I've stayed in is a notebook, you know, and it's massive and I don't even want to look at it. I find a lot of my clients, like I have to switch it. I have to, to print out another one every year just because it gets so used. And a lot mm -hmm. of my clients really thoroughly enjoy it. I put our story into it. They get to know us and who we are and how this tiny home came about. And I find it maybe gets them to read a little bit more about it. So it's a very quick blur about us and then uh, who we are. And it moves on to, uh, you know, quick house rules and then recommendation on what to do in the area. And we all have that. But um, but then I, I list everything that they need to know about the tiny home. Because of course it operates differently than a normal home um, and everything they need to know is in there and it's written in big huge letters you know so that it's it's not the format's not small um, so that it overwhelms them with information um, I just uh, I found that's been great and I've had some really good reviews on it um, yeah so that's kind of been my way to do it hey whatever works Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. I think, I think, um, I think you're, you know, you hit on something when you're discussing that and it's like, it's, it is hard. I think sometimes, especially for us with managing, you know, 35 properties, just, just, just this week, you know, we're putting out checkout instructions on fridges and stuff, you know, that are separate from the book and separate from our other book. And, you know, it's like, okay. if you do that and then, where do you draw the line though? You know, do you draw the line at just those little bullets or do you, you know, then you put a sticker on some, you know, not a sticker, but a, you know, another checklist for this and another checklist for that. Now, all of a sudden you've taken the intimacy away from the guest visit because our whole job really is to create a home away from home. You know, in my, in my opinion, you know, that's what we're, that's what we're here to do for them so they can create their family memories. Right. And if they feel yeah. like they have to follow all these rules, um you just have to weigh the you have to really balance that i think so you know i think that's a fun way you, you decided to do it because <clears throat> the last thing you want to do is have to go there at one in the morning to unclog a toilet because they didn't you know they didn't read your manual yeah. so now exactly how far are you from 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 your two homes or two properties um so i'm only 10 minutes away that's oh, easy for us to go down yeah um yeah and, and it's been great and i've found and i don't know about you guys but every time you get a new place going a new airbnb going you have to give yourself we'll say a year in order to sort out all the trouble the problems you never thought of the some of the we'll say the appliances that are not working properly. And I found this being great um, because we will we'll end up getting a posting away from here about three hours north. And uh, by that time, I'll be able to, um, to have everything troubleshoot and, and leave them there and then, uh, and then come back, I'll rent to them. I'll read them out a little bit for longer uh, period of time. So we'll say three to four days or so will be my, my minimum um, stays and I'll come back and clean them because I, <laughs> I don't know, I have trust issues <laughs> um, in cleaning and it's, that's, that's where I find it, where people really capitalize 
supplies is cleaning. And it's also an issue within our area is to, to there's literally next to no cleaners and there's too many Airbnbs in the area. And, and a lot of our, my friends um, that um, are hosts are having problems finding uh, cleaners. So that's kind of been my plan on once I move away, I'll be able to come back, clean the places and then, uh, and then, you know, fix and maintain and, and then go back home at that point. So right now you're, and I might've just missed this, but you're the, you're, you're cleaning your two properties yourself. You're the only one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so this summer I had four and they were 45 minutes away from each other. And, um, it was a bit challenging we'll say, but I clean, I maintain, I cut grass, I do everything, wow. everything myself, name it from, uh, you know, from booking to inquiries, to questions, to everything gets, uh, goes through me. And, uh, it's funny, my husband and I were reading your, your format the other day. And the question came to, how do you operate? Do you use any, um, any other kind of software of any sort? And, um, and, uh, and do you do this yourself? And my husband said, Oh, no, she's married to her phone. She's not married to me. I was like, <laughs> Yes, you are right. I don't use any software, any, um, any, any help of any sort. Um, I don't go through, you know, a third party of any sort, except, you know, Airbnb. Um, so I do everything myself and Kingston, my, the home that I had was operating on a daily basis, turnovers, uh, the two units. And then I had the other two that were here are operating on a two day, uh, basis. So I, I basically don't get days off during the summertime. That's why I, I do seasonal uh, just because it allows me during the winter to uh, to to work yeah, on my right. paperwork and everything else and yeah, <laughs> things I don't get to to do during the summertime. Keep your sanity, right? That's what it allows yep. you to do. So yeah. So that is a question I had because I know you. Sh I knew you, you know when we when I when we when we first spoke on the phone, you were a day after basically closing your units down. Um, but you could operate those in the winter if you wanted to, you just choose not to. Um, so the, the tiny home is still operating actually. So I, I've just closed the, the camper. Um, it's just a little harder to rent in the winter. Um, but the, the tiny home itself, it, it kind of remains our little bit of our cottage during the winter and I'm still operating it right now. Um, during the November months, even though we don't have water. I do leave um, a lot of jugs of water for our guests and everything. And it's been working really great. This is only the first year I've only been operating for two years with the tiny home. And this is the first year I've done this and people are, you know, loving it. They're loving the whole concept of like cottage concept or so. And, um, and that's great. It's just a little bit more difficult for me because I have to haul a lot of water around. Um, but, and then cleaning, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but I mean, if it's um, I'll do it, for the months of November, a little bit in December, um, but our pipes will end up freezing if we do it during the, the winter months, uh, just because we don't have anything uh, um, wrapped, you know, our pipes are not wrapped or anything, it'll, it'll start freezing and I'll back up into the house. So we don't want that. <laughs> yeah. So we can't have, we can't, right now we're not set up for, for winter stays, um, but we'll do it after once it's not freezing, we'll do it after our, our campground water closes. Um, um, we'll still operate a little bit afterwards. 
Gotcha. So your season starts what month? So May timeframe, it plays around mid-May, end of May, all depending on uh, when it thaws out. And then um, once we get our, our water going back again at the campground till um, the Thanksgiving weekend, Canadian Thanksgiving weekend in October. So, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. So um, what is your average nightly rate of ballpark approximately? Um, so with, with cleaning, um, with my cleaning fee, I'm at 250, uh, per night and, uh, the camper is at 200, uh, and that's with gotcha. cleaning. just and because, um, Airbnb will display that. But right now I've dropped price, um, just because of our water and people can't shower. So yeah. I've dropped it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, that's, this is fascinating to me. So um, occupancy, uh, are you fully booked in the summer, I'm going to guess? Oh, completely. So I, yeah, and I do it a little bit different than most people. Um, I don't like when, um, <laughs> I don't want to book in advance. I open my calendar about a month prior to us opening, which kind of gives me an idea as to when a little bit more as to when we're going to open, uh, at the campground. Um, and I do not want to have unforeseen, um, issues that comes up in the spring, let's say, and I'm like, oh gosh, I have bookings and now I'm going to have to cancel and I gotcha. don't want that happening. So I, I don't book in advance and I am fully booked for the summer. The second I open up my, my, my calendar within three days, I am like pretty much fully booked. Wow. Uh, so these three days, my husband doesn't talk to me. <laughs> just do bookings that's oh, all wow. i do <laughs> well yeah. that's that's really great um mm -hmm. steph we're off script now so anything you want to throw at her i'm just winging it now because this is really fascinating to me and i almost feel like we could go an additional hour um because it because you're so great to talk to um do you have anything <laughs> uh to ask steph i don't i think we've gone over so much i'm i have a lot to digest just from this this episode <laughs> you yeah. got my wheels <laughs> yeah so we'll try to you know we'll try to like wrap up in the next 10 minutes max i promise but i want to just i do want to bring a couple things up you've had 294 reviews since you started in 2016 and your rating is a 4.94 and that is awesome so first of all congratulations um thank you it, you know that alone just speaks volumes for your passion for your guest experience hospitality communication all that stuff and i just want to read one of the reviews that i pulled off it says and i quote amazing weekend we were blown away by how cute and clean the space was how helpful the hosts were how friendly the neighbors were and how much there were <clears throat> there was to do on location and in the surrounding areas we totally could have stayed there all day, but we're happy to explore as well. Sleep was great. The weather was perfect. And you were so sad. We were so sad when it was time to go. That must just make you feel good, I would think. <laughs> it does. Honestly, I'll have to say we have some of the best guests. I don't know how lucky we are. I don't know how this works out, but 
it's been, you know, uh, these entire four years, I've been so lucky. I've had the best guests. Um, and especially at the tiny house um, in a camper, they, they're amazing. The reviews we get are unbelievable. And I'm honestly just really grateful that um, people are, are having the best experience. Um, that's, I strive onto for them to get the absolute best experience ever. And, and I, you know, it's working that's great. It's great to see that. I mean, this is kind of a passion of mine and I'm happy to see that I'm doing it right. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, it's great. I mean, you even gave them good weather. So like, that was awesome. Oh yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm really close to Mother Nature. Honestly, this summer we've had the best weather. We're really lucky. I don't know about you guys, but we lucked out. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what what what's what's in store for you? What's in the future? I know you're going to take a year off, and or at least the summer off, or the I mean the winter off. Sorry. Um, but do you have plans to add to your tiny host um, empire? Um. So I have really big plans um, onto just making a little bit of an addition to our setup. Um, that's, I think our guests are gonna just go bunkers. <laughs> I am so exciting and I don't want to say what it is. I will let your audience follow my, yes, I love a, it. Uh, my Instagram account so that they can find out as well at the same time as uh, the rest of our followers. Um, but I have something in plans that's going to be uh, just phenomenal and it's going to make the experience just go, uh, you know, even better than what they're experience they've experienced last year. So I think um, this is what I'm going to be working on this winter. Uh, just add on, make the stay a whole lot better. Uh, if it wasn't, you know, great from the start, then let's make it magical, you know? So that's something I'm working on. Um, and then I'm also working on a fun project for myself as well, too, uh, which is, um, I'm not sure if it's going to be um, part of the uh, the tiny stays, but, um, but this is uh, something... <laughs> that I've been looking into for years and I have a very big passion for campers. They've always been part of my life and camping as a, a family when I was young was always part of, uh, of our, our family, you know, vacation. Um, so I am working on getting a van, um, almost like the sprinter vans that uh, everyone wow. know. Um, you know, the van life <laughs> movement that everybody's, uh, you know, looking on, uh, on Instagram while I, I'm getting um, a Ford Transit set up into a conversion and getting, a, you know, a camper set up. And this will be part of, uh, of my business as well, too. Uh, it will be my, you know, my van once I come down and work um, out here um, since we'll be living three hours away from here, I'll be uh, coming down, cleaning the units, staying overnight uh, in my vehicle kind of thing, and, uh, and then uh, going back. So um, 
it will be my, my working van at the same time, but it's also going to be, uh, and I don't know at some point, maybe, maybe I'll rent it out. Maybe I won't, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see where it takes us, but this is kind of the project I'm working on during the winter and, and I'm getting uh, a company to, uh, to do the conversion. I'm so excited. So, so excited. So we'll, we'll probably do a couple of, uh, updates on, uh, on the uh, my Instagram account, Tiny Stays, to to let our followers, uh, you know, follow along. Oh, I can't wait! That's another thing that my wife and I we almost pulled the trigger on one. We actually went to a dealer to buy one, um, but they just don't have them. <laughs> it's hard. It's so hard to oh, find one. It's been hard. <laughs> yes, I know the yeah, feeling. It has. Yeah, it's 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 hard to, just because uh, I mean vehicles right now in Canada are it's zombie land onto a dealership. So it's impossible to get a vehicle from the start. And lucky me, I, I found the van I've been looking um, at and I found it in Winnipeg, which is 30 hours away from us. So I'm going to get that in oh three my weeks gosh. and then starting the process from there. Well, congratulations on that. And um, <laughs> I just want to thank you for being on our show and um, it's been fun. It went by super fast. And I feel like when you unveil your surprise or sh maybe shortly after you do that a month or two a quarter maybe you could come back on and we can chat some more about that and what's definitely definitely awesome. that, that sounds great and it's such a pleasure thank you for having me so before i let you go could you just tell our i know you mentioned it a couple of times but the best way for our listeners to learn more about you chantelle is through your is it your instagram account yes Yes, that would be, um, yeah, we it's, post about weekly or bi-weekly <laughs> whenever I get the time to do it To And then I'll also, if they want to follow us on, in our stories or so, we'll just post, um, you know, things, uh, updates on our places and, um, and it's kind of the best way to, uh, to follow us. Um, we don't have Facebook, Facebook, page or anything but Instagram I found has been a great tool to uh to keep updated on on everything and and uh and our guests as well too so all right well great I will include the link to tiny stays uh Instagram page on our show notes and I just want to say thanks once again um from Stephanie and I for coming on the show yeah it's been fantastic great. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks to you guys. Thank you for having me. It's, it's definitely a privilege to be on the show. Awesome. So thank you. All right. Well, don't hang up yet. Um, okay. But we'll call that the end. <laughs>